talk about his campaign this morning. Tim Denson, thanks for coming in this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, I had I had uh, Kelly Gertz leaving the commission and running for mayor. Had him in studio yesterday. You and I were talking about this. He tells me there are ten forums for the mayoral candidates, and one of the things he said was, you know, "Use the power, such as you have uh, that little microphone you have there, to encourage people to, to organize some forums for you commission candidates. Obviously, vital jobs, and folks need to know about you, folks. You tell me there are a couple of forums that you know about. Yeah, there's a uh, one coming up on Monday at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church at 6 p.m. And I think they're also doing mayoral candidates there, too, uh, but also the commission candidates. And then the Young Democrats of UGA are holding one on campus, I believe, on uh, next Wednesday. I think that's at 6.30 p.m. But there hasn't, outside of those, there haven't been a lot aimed at the commission races, but I'm hearing a ton of them aimed at the mayoral race. Yeah, now you, you ran for mayor in 2014. You took part in a lot of forums. And you're t- as a candidate... As an activist, I'm sure you have a position or at least one viewpoint. As a candidate, what do you think about forums? Good, bad, indifferent? Why do you like them? You don't? What do you think about forums? I mean, I definitely think you need to have a, a, a few of them uh, because you really need to have that discussion, get people kind of a little bit into the into the weeds of their issues and the policy and uh, what they believe in. Um, and so that needs to be put on display uh, for the public. So you definitely need to have some of them. Uh, I'm hearing 10. I'm like, oh, that, might, that might be a bit much. I think at some point you start to have like a loss of return there. <laughs> yeah. No, you, that, at some point you're starting to meet with garden clubs for your yeah. form, I would think. Uh, okay. Uh, you announced some months ago your decision to seek this seat, which is, as we had, uh, say, held by Jared Bailey, who is mm-hmm. running for re-election here. Folks would look at Jared Bailey as a pretty progressive guy. He's been out in front of a lot of progressive causes over the years. You obviously progressive liberal yourself. Uh, why, why try to take out somebody of your own ideology. Honestly, this race uh, and me running in it for the for the commission is not a, about Jared Bailey or any other commissioner. Uh, I really feel like our current strategy that we've had on the commission over the last number of years uh, hasn't been working. And, you know, I, I have a bit of a different playbook that I think is definitely going to work. It's a bold playbook, and it has worked in the past by working with community members to uh, formulate policy advocate policy and actually pass that policy. And of course, I've been using that whenever I was uh, you know, head of Athens for Everyone and other uh, working with other community groups, getting things like Sunday bus service put in place, uh, like living wages for county workers. Uh, and a lot of those issues were done by working with the people in these progressive movements. And that's the way I want to go about uh, being a commissioner, working with my neighbors, working with the constituents of District 5 to listen what policies they want to have drafted, actually work with them to create those policies, and then work with them to pass those policies. All right, Tim Denson, candidate, district, without stepping us through every square inch, what's the basic geography of District 5? Uh, Northwest corner, uh, Mm -hmm. especially north of Oglethorpe, Tallahassee, kind of swings all the way up over like a clock up to uh, around Sandy Creek Park. Um, so it's a pretty large one. And as, as they all are, if you're mm-hmm. and trying to walk through them on foot and knock door to door and do all of that stuff that, that we do at the retail level for politics here. Uh, Tim Denson with us running District 5, the Athens-Clark County Commission. All right, let's get down to some of the issues. You raised a couple of them, and you raised any number of them when you ran for mayor four mm-hmm. years ago. And the one probably, if somebody were to say, hey, Tim Denson, what do you think? What's the first thing you think of? I would probably think of your work on transit. Yeah. Uh, you, you had the, the notion that we could all ride the bus for free and expand the service, expand expand the routes, expand the hours. Uh, some of that's been done. You would mm-hmm. say there's more to be done. I would say there's more to be done. I mean, we definitely have made uh, you know, some inroads in the right direction. Uh, whenever I ran for mayor, yeah, I was pushing for us to have buses run seven days a week. 
have them be fare free um, and have them yeah run uh, you know more often than more places. And thankfully, over the last four years, I've continued advocating and fighting for those things. And turns out, yeah, we have buses now seven days a week, and we do have more routes, and it's running to more places in the county. And we are now looking at expanding those to make them run uh, more frequently also. Now, the fare-free part of that equation now, again, the fare box, it, it, mm-hmm. it, listen, it's going to be subsidized. All public transit will be by sure. definition. It's going to be subsidized. The fare box will supplement uh, what what is by way of operating a, a transit system here. I notice that the bus drivers want to be paid. I mm-hmm. notice that the buses have to have fuel in them. I mm-hmm. notice that they have to be maintained from time to time. How do we do that at, without the money that comes in from the fare box? Well, the fare boxes actually give in a very small percentage of the money, and that's what uh, why we're pushing to go ahead and get rid of them. First off, the fare boxes cost us just tens of thousands of dollars every year to actually have and run and to be able to actually you know repair them and have all the pieces for it. Um, but turns out that a majority of the people who ride Athens Transit don't even use the fare box. Uh, we're talking UGA, UGA students, students uh, used yeah. to talking about faculty from UGA. We're now talking about all uh, uh, Clark County students, uh, you know, children under 18 no longer use it either. Um, and then a lot of people use the, uh, the return passes instead of actually using the fare boxes to put money in. I mean, recently the county got rid of uh, doing uh, change. So you have to have exact change mm-hmm. for our fare boxes now because, they're, again, they're trying to limit the expenses through those fare boxes. And uh, so already we're only have to supplement a small percentage of our, our, of our transit budget to be able to go fare free. And talking about the things about, you know, paying our bus drivers, paying for the fuel, that really shows why the state of Georgia needs to finally step up and be paying, giving operational uh, costs whenever it comes through grant money and, and state, state money. Uh, we are the largest state that does not provide operational funding. We only provide capital funding from the state. And that really puts uh, local governments and stuff uh, you know, on the hook for actually getting drivers. The state will give you tons of money to buy buses, just like we buy all these hybrid engine sure. buses. Here's all these buses. We're not going to let you have money to actually put drivers on those buses. Um, so that's you know, that's that's a big problem, and I've been advocating on the state level. Well, I mean, we'll the continue. argument there would be why 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 should we ask somebody in Bainbridge to pay for a bus driver for Athens? Well, I mean, we actually we do ask that person in Bainbridge to pay for uh, you know Marta's system in Atlanta. Just we don't simply don't op- offer operational funding throughout the rest of the state. Uh, I mean, that's how the, the the state government works. I mean, we're a society. We pay into a system, and then our system is supposed to pay out and try to create the most efficient, most effective use of those monies throughout the state. Um, so that would be your answer to my next question, then, in terms of whatever the fare box brings mm-hmm. in. If it brings in $100 a year, you still want to replace that $100 somehow, and you would say get that money from the state. Uh, from the state, we'll also be able to increase how much money we can get through the federal government because we'll be increasing ridership greatly. Um, and so then, that I mean, we'd probably have to pay in maybe a little bit more from the from the general fund as we have like dipped into for uh, you know to make it seven days a week Sunday bus service. But and that actually, would come at the expense of something else. And as a commissioner, you'd be asked to help us choose what that something else is. Well, well actually, all I'm going to be asking to do is for us to put back the money that they've already taken out of transit. They have been cutting the transit budget over the last few years, even though our transit system is getting winning awards and being named the, the largest you know, for the scale transit system in the country. And we've been cutting the budget from, on the county level. I'm just asking us for us to go back to the where we, how we have been funding the transit system. And if we do that, that's going to put us very close to being able to go to a fare-free system. Tim Benson running for the District 5 seat on the athens Clark County Commission. Jared Bailey, the incumbent. Danielle Benson, another announced and now qualified candidate. And there was a last week. Yeah, last week was candidate qualifying week in Athens. Tim Denson, you announced some months ago your plans to seek this seat. You're obviously a candidate for mayor 
or four years ago. Uh, a lot of time to, to formulate opinions and positions on the various issues of the day. Plenty of activism on your resume here locally. Some of it recently. We were where did we had dinner downtown someplace uh, three four weeks ago. It was a Friday night, if I recall correctly. We we're walking back to the car, and what's that fuss down there at City Hall? It's this big mm. rally. I think mm-hmm. you were probably there, so at least aware of it. Uh, a rally in support of, of uh, the DACA kids and, and mm-hmm. that whole contentious issue there. Uh, and some protesting, you and others, uh, not happy with the sheriff in Clark County, Ira Edwards, who, who's basically saying this, I'm going to follow the federal law. I'm going to cooperate with federal law enforcement when it comes to dealing with immigration detainees. What's your position on the sheriff's position? Um, well, the main difference is that he is honoring a request by the federal government, by ICE, to detain these things. ICE, det- ICE detainers, which is the whole problem. That So the sheriff is now honoring ICE detainers. So whenever somebody is uh, brought into the jail for any reason, um, they will run it through the ICE system. If ICE can send back a, a detainer request saying, we want you to hold that person, uh, we want you to detain them past the time that you normally would, um, which a lot of people argue is unconstitutional, and we might or we might not stop in, take this person up, and take them into our own custody. And the thing is, those ICE detainers are requests. So since they're requests and not an actual order from a judge, it is unconstitutional, and that and if the Clark County Sheriff's Department has it been is doing held that, to be unconstitutional it has someplace many times over and over, um, many many cases you can you can check it out at ACLU website, um, and so by doing this it actually puts Clark County and the Clark County Sheriff's Department at risk of of lawsuit itself because for for violating somebody's rights, and so that's one of the many reasons that we feel like that we should not be honoring these ICE detainers, and it's also that is as far as we know. Uh, the opinion of the Clark County government and our Clark County lawyer is also that, yes, this puts us at risk, along with many other counties throughout the state of Georgia believe the same thing. And the sheriff's department has kind of gone rogue here uh, against rest of the, you know, the government here in Clark County and has started honoring these things. Now, and, at risk is an interesting word to use there, an interesting phrase to use there, because there will be those, perhaps Clark County Sheriff Ira Edwards among them, who say that some of these people put the rest of us at risk. Some of these people are violent offenders. Some of these people are rapists. Some of these people are killers. When the sheriff, uh, I'm sorry, when ICE tried to round up uh, some illegal immigrants in Oakland a few days ago, some of the people who slipped through the cracks there when the mayor decided to act as some sort of gang lookout and alert everybody to the presence of some rapists got away. Some child molesters got away. I mean, you understand that we're talking about dangerous people in our midst. Well, see, the situation here in, in Clark County is if somebody is arrested for something, brought into the jail, then they run through the ICE detainer system. So they're arrested already for some other law. If they're brought in and they are found that there is a warrant for their arrest for rape, they are held on that warrant for rape. They're not being released. They have a warrant out there for rape. Therefore, the ICE detainer does not keep them in custody. They are going to be staying in custody because of that rape charge. So that's not the people we're talking about here. The people we're talking about here are people who don't have those things. The people who are brought in because they had a busted taillight. Or the people who are brought in for not having a driver's license while they're driving. Um, which a lot of you know, un- undocumented people can't get a driver's license here. They might be trying to drive to their job or pick up their kid from school. They get pulled over, don't have a driver's license, get taken in. All of a sudden, they get pulled up on the ICE system, get ICE detainer, and they're getting deported for have, not having a driver's license and trying to pick up their child from, from preschool. Oh, they're being deported because they're in the country illegally. They're being, de- they're being deported because they came, to, they came to the United States like everybody else's families did, trying to find a better life. Everybody and everybody else's families didn't. Not a lot of people's families came here. At some point, way. our families did. 
No, they came here boat. lawfully. I mean, this is what I'm saying. They came here the lawful way, whatever the laws of the day were. They came here, that, and certainly the people we're talking about now, there are people who did come here and jump through all the legal hoops. There are some. There are definitely some. There are. And there are also some people who came here because they had war and poverty and horrible economic s- situations happening in their country, came up here, have been here for 30 years, uh, working hard in our local businesses, being good neighbors to us, uh, just getting along and being part of our lives. And then all of a sudden we're breaking apart their lives and deporting them uh, and breaking apart families and just really actually d- making, honestly, making our community less safe because once we start doing that, and this is already happening, the people in those communities no longer want to work with law enforcement. They don't trust them. If something is violent is happening in their community, there is a violent offender somewhere, they're not going to bring that to law enforcement because they don't trust law enforcement. So we're actually creating a, a, a very a situation that makes us less safe. And again, like I said, the people, the rapists, the murderers, those kind of people, those people are going to be handled by our federal system anyways. They're going to be – they committed a crime. They have a warrant out on them. They're going to be detained for that reason. The, the ICE detainer situation that we're talking about does not apply there. Right, Tim Denson, candidate for a seat on the Athens Clark County Commission. Sometimes I ask questions because I don't know the answer. Sometimes I ask questions because I do. And I just want to give you an opportunity to elaborate. This is one of those uh, occasions here. It's being discussed all over the state. It's going to be an issue in our campaigns here. What do you do about the what would effectively be the decriminalization of small amounts, possession of small amounts of marijuana? You, you're going to be, I would think, in favor of it? No, I am definitely in favor of it. Uh, when we look at the numbers, you know, again, talk about something, again, that's uh, nonviolent. It's not something that's, that's, that's harming our community in some kind of direct way. Um, these aren't violent offenders. These are people who are arrested for having a joint. Um, and there's also the racial justice component of this. You know, we pulled open records request a few years ago, flagpole ran an article on this, showing that uh, black people had a four times greater chance of being arrested, even though if you look at all the studies over the years, marijuana usage, same across all races. Um, so there's the criminal, ju- the racial justice component of this also. But of course, everybody should be a part of, on for this because it's going to also just be cheaper for taxpayers, cheaper for our government. It costs a lot of money to hold somebody in there just because they were found with a small amount of pot. Um, instead, you know, let's go move towards a, uh, a, a fine system like they've done in Clarkston or like they're moving toward Atlanta and just be ticketed with a citation and Let's let's do that until finally here, you know, Georgia gets out of the Stone Ages and we actually just simply completely decriminalize it and legalize well, it. Well, Georgia state. can get out of the Stone Ages all at once, just like Colorado, some of the other states has. Doesn't change the fact that possession of marijuana at any description is still against federal law. It's still a Schedule One drug. I've said this for for a while now. If you want to yell at somebody, don't yell at Nathan Deal. Yell at Jody Heiss. So yell at Congress to change the laws. No, I mean you know I've been yelling at Jody Heiss too. So. <laughs> uh, no worries there. I mean I I agree with you. We got to be pushing this thing on, on, on all levels. But until, honestly, if we're going to rely on you know the federal government to fix all of our problems, we're going to be waiting a long time. So on the local level here, you know, let's have some local control. Let's start doing something here. And as we can, as Clarkston, Atlanta has proven that we can, uh, we can do it here in the Clark County Jail and stop destroying lives, make it cheaper for our county, for our taxpayers. And just do the right thing. All right, Tim Dents, another couple of minutes here. The much more mundane matters, the, the down in the dirt and the nitty-gritty stuff commissioners have to deal with, uh, things like extending sewer in, in mm. parts of town that don't have it. That discussion, we're going to have that one. Where are you on that? Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a big thing for where I live, uh, out by, by Whitehead Road Elementary School. Uh, that's kind of one of those key areas where we have, because uh, of the expansion of the county, 
sewer lines run down some streets, but don't actually connect to some of the houses just because at that time, house owners didn't buy into it when they were doing that. You know, this has been decades now, mm-hmm. though. And we septic have home- tanks that are now decades right. old. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the way we got into this problem is the line came through. They said, hey, do you want us to connect to your house? And they're like, no, I've got a septic tank that's only got you know five years on it. Well, 30 years later, you know, uh, we have something thing with 35 years, uh, 35 years of use. So I think that we need to be putting in place a system. Other other cities have done this, too, uh, that can be kind of like a 10-year payment plan that you can be paying through the water system. So we can go and connect it to those houses that we want to, and they can just be paying on the monthly basis in an affordable way to actually have that connection put in place. Um, because, yeah, and then I think, obviously, we're going to have to look at ways that we can, um, you know, make sure that those septic tanks that are not up to code and that are leaching into our into our rivers and streams, we're going to have to come up with a system that we can keep, uh, you know, those property owners uh, on check there and make sure that there's, again, an affordable way for them to keep those systems, you know, up to task. Uh, a new thing called the Internet. Uh, some candidates are utilizing it. Things called websites. Do you have one of those? I do. You can check it out. Tim Denson for Athens.com. And it's the number four, if I can It is not. It's, it's actually going to be spelled out. out. Okay. Yep. Tim, Tim Denson, Denson for F-O-R. For Athens.com. Uh, of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, too. And uh, you can reach me directly on email at Tim at Tim for uh, Tim Denson for Athens.com. Tim Denson for Athens.com, the email. That's it. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, we can check out our platform there, find out about our canvassing events, find out about our community events, you know, and and read more about our policies about, like, you know, making our government more accountable and more transparent and more directly involved with the community. 